This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Blizzard. Play Diablo 4 free during the open beta weekend. Only you can stand in the way of the forces of hell. Play free March 24th to 26th and pre-purchase for early access. Journey through the entire first act. Battle up to level 25 as all five classes. Adventure with your friends in four-player co-op. Descend into hell early during the open beta. Pre-purchase Diablo 4 now. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash teamready. Someone's still gonna win, and it might be we got if 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 I know field, you know just what half the field is playing badly. You know with golf, you can easily say, "Oh, the course must be hard." They're all playing bad. You know what I mean? It all kind of comes back to earth a little bit. Sergio has been like, "Ah, oh, I can't wait to leave this place." That's right. Good evening. Happy Tuesday here from Divots and Pivots. I am Andrew LeDuc, a.k.a. Mr. Mallard. And to my left, my right, depending on which way your screen is oriented right now, uh, as always, Bud Copeland making that other side of the screen um, look better. It sounds it seems like he might be having some technical difficulties at the moment, actually. I'm not sure if you can you hear me, Bud. I can hear everything. Oh, I'm, okay. gesticulating, I'm gesticulating wildly to see where our screen names are. And do we need to hire oh, another intern? Another, uh, on another the, wonder. There it is. For those, I I also uh, mid uh, what's a, what's that phrase called? Um, moonlight, moonlight as a Mister Mallet of sophisticated station over on TSS Fantasy. So when I record for that, I have nothing on the screen. So I apologize. <laughs> Juggling everything. I mean, juggling and, everything. Uh, regular 20 21st century renaissance man no man i'm excited it's a good night it's tuesday um boring as shit in the golf world so i'm super excited to have zach Hellfand joining us today um yes. and you know fans of the show might might have heard the story already fans of the show quote unquote fans of the show in other words relatives and people who are married to us um <laughs> might have heard the story and we'll, we'll recap it a little bit so it, you know there's a little bit of a history between the two of us i say it like he owes me money it'd probably be the other way around if anything but um, it was really, really kind of small worldish to run into him. And then a couple of weeks later, this magnificent article in The New Yorker drops. Um, and it was deep. It was layered. And um, I can't wait to kind of peel that onion with him and catch up a little bit about golf. But first things first, 
the Pats are back this week. We're going to pivot yes. early, and I just want to—I want to get this one out of the way. You're the resident. Did you get a haircut uh, today? Thank you. You know what? Thank you for noticing. I—I'm I'm blushing a little. <laughs> let's not let's not get carried away. Um, I'm actually I'm on heightened awareness about haircuts right now because my wife just recently got a haircut. So now uh, it's kind of like. You're, it's kind of like when you move to New England and you meet your first person who owns a Subaru. Next thing you know, you just you see Subarus everywhere, and that's just kind of how it is. So now I'm I'm highly aware of haircuts. I even got my own haircut. Do you want pretty, that, uh, Kelsey uh, Piper Kelsey, Golf? That get we'll go ahead and get that. We'll, we'll get that out of the way early too. Shouts yeah. to the folks at Piper Golf. Um, and when you do go, make sure you drop Div Piv in the promo code. Let them know we sent you. Uh, when in doubt, pipe it. And yeah, once again, the, the promo code DIVPIV, which I have screwed up before because we did the live thing and then we had Div Piv live at live. Um, and I was going to go into a geeky Eminem riff there, but we're going to pivot early real quick. I want to, yes, I want to yes. get your take. I'm a, uh, people know I'm a born again, New Englander originally from down South, uh, wow. came up here as a camp, as a camp kind of thing. Oh my God, but you mentioned summer there, camp again. There it is folks. For all you betting folks out there, if you had the over under of yeah. one minute, 39 seconds from Bud Dimension camp on this show tonight, you are a winner. Yeah. I mean, we knew that was coming early, but anyways, <laughs> um, I actually fell ass backwards into Tom Brady long mm-hmm. ago. My family being a Michigan family, everybody but me, I'm the black sheep who went to a big Southern SEC football school. And so I love me some New England Patriots football, but I never played a snap of football in my life. Sure. And uh, you being the fantasy guru that you are, uh, I, I didn't even use, I didn't even use air quotes that time. That's how much I'm going to respect <laughs> your, your opinion in this, in this space. I want to know what's, what's fresh for Pat's nation this week. What's fresh for Pat's Nation is when we get the Jets on tap, one o'clock Sunday, and uh, this is a weird situation. It's a weirdly big game. A weirdly big game because the Pats are still in last with a slightly winning record here at five and four. Right now, if the playoffs were to start today, every single team in the AFC East, all four, get into the playoffs, which uh, I'd be curious to know if it's ever happened in the history of football. Probably not because it's only because of the newer playoff um, format. Uh, but and I highly doubt that's actually going to happen. I don't see the Patriots making the playoffs unless they can get a couple more division wins here. Um, but the key for the Patriots is going to be: can they avoid like what they did last year and absolutely suck after the bye week? They had they they came out out of the bye week last year, something that they've always been known for under Bill Belichick, coming out ready and really starting their season. Then uh, they kind of last two years have kind of uh, fallen off and faded after the bye week. So I'm curious to see how they come out of this week of rest and how they attack this division now falling off and faded sounds like a great emo band from <laughs> from the early 2000s i love it their, work. i love i loved their early stuff but then when they got into the studio they just got yeah. big. They, they faded off so to speak but hey, thanks um, for stopping by sports scramble podcast well welcome in for the first time definitely come back again shouts uh no that's good to that's good to know i'm 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 not much of a realist. I you've heard me say before. I still think that we're gonna we're gonna sneak into the playoffs here somehow. It, it's possible. Uh, it, this weekend could be that that right. Like you said, we'll we'll know mm-hmm. we'll know after this weekend if they come out you know lollygagging around, then we then 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 we know what the struggle we have is in front of us. But how fallible are the Bills, and could Josh Allen have a head thing going on? Uh, I mean. The Bills are here's what the the Bills are gettable right now. I think the only team in the AFC East who has a chance of winning the division other than them still is the Dolphins at this point, because uh, the Dolphins are just looking good, um, yeah. and they are you know tied for the for, for first place right now in the division. So the Dolphins have a chance. I don't. The Jets won't do it, and the Patriots are not going to be able to do it either. Um, but look, the the Bills could come out and lose the division this year because one, I'm still worried about this UCL injury for for Josh Allen. I think he. He played this week, which was a risk. It for that, to this point, they is, the team has escaped with it not affecting their season. But he had to have been just doped up uh, on painkillers or whatever to numb that elbow. And I still think it's it's just a risk for him to be out there. Luckily, they have the bye this week for him to to get a little rest. But I think it was a big risk for him to be playing last week because it, it wasn't going to take much to really disrupt that elbow further into what could be you know season ending you know, Tommy John surgery, essentially. 
And then you pile on top the way he has zero regard for his body, that run during overtime yeah. where he's like dragging guys through. I mean, th- this is a quarterback and he's dragging grown men through the secondary after running 30, 35 yards. And, and it's cold outside. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a little Charmin soft myself. Like I said, I never played it down in the sport, <laughs> but the guy is just a freaking monster beast. He's a little Tebow esque out there. Uh, when he, when he runs, there's that sec bias showing through. There you go. Uh, and, and, and speaking of sec bias, don't sleep on Kentucky this weekend, Georgia fans, all the Georgia fans that tune in <laughs> that, that massive crossover. There is a big crossover in the golf and Georgia world guys like Bubba Kisner, um, now, was that Reed. you as a fan hyping yourself up for this game because it's not as exciting as the, the last percent. few weeks for them? Or one million percent? It's okay. <laughs> so I love here. Okay, one thing about college football that I, I don't think that I don't think that NFL fans and New England fans get, and I don't mean that in a snotty way. I mean everybody, everybody I talked to who grew up here or went to college here, they're like, man, you know, I would have loved to have gone to like a big football school or just <laughs> gone to a game, and I'm like, I get it. The way sure. that Southern football fans talk about their coach is if like they're on the team. Yeah. And and so I mean, I was about to go right into, you know, Coach Smart last week after the game was talking about how it's tough to win on the road in the SEC. And I came that close to doing it without qualifying where my brain was that I'm not actually one of those creatures. I'm yeah. I'm kind of just sit I'm I'm sitting in. I'm the local yokel, so to speak. Uh but that is exactly what he went with, which is, yeah, this is cool. We won the East, blah, blah, blah. But we're not thinking anything more the next weekend because uh, Kentucky did when Kentucky's wounded, they came out the gates early in the season, hot four and oh, five and oh, something like that. They were, they were the talk of the town. They were going to challenge Tennessee and then Tennessee did what they did and Kentucky Kentucky. Uh, and then when you lose to a team like Vanderbilt, who was on a 26 game sec losing streak, yeah, you got nothing to lose anything after that. Like you, you, you're a rabid dog who who knows they're rabid and knows that the end is near. So you're just gonna bite as many things as you can on the way down, and that's what um, that's what you're always concerned about. But I think we got the three thirty slot. I haven't actually looked mm-hmm. at it. Been a little busy with life, uh, and so I mean, it. I think if Georgia can get to Atlanta twelve and zero, I hate always using the thing like, well, even if we lose that, we could probably get in the playoff. But the reality would be if we go twelve and zero. We're probably going to, you know, end up in the playoff even if we lose to LSU, which don't sleep on LSU and Brian Kelly. Um, yeah, shocker. He, you know, he showed up and now all of a sudden he's talking like he's the top dog. I mean, pump your brakes there, Bubba. Uh, you did, <laughs> you, you know, you did lose to Florida State. We won't go any further, but um, LSU fan here, looking forward to that matchup in Atlanta. Bet you are. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I would be too. You know, there are all the expectations on Georgia. I, I, I that's I what I always say. I used to love it. I just like your simple, quick answer to that. I bet you are. Uh, <laughs> it was like so brutal in how simple it was. Well, because I've been on the other side of this. I've been yeah. Georgia going at LSU Joe Burrows. I was I was tweeting away, talking away. I feed me Joe Burrows. Give me that lot. <laughs> yeah. Inch by loving inch. No pun intended. Yeah. We took all yeah. of Joe Burrows. So, I mean, I've been on the other side of it. That's why I was being sincere. Like, no, I know you are. I bet you are. Because it's I all see. upside. If you walk out of there eight and three, you, mm-hmm. you might have an outside shot at a at a big bowl, but really, it's going to be probably like the citrus bowls, what we would have called it back in the day. Well, it's this enough era, college this, football. Well, no, not not so fast because this area okay. has ha- had a little bit of excitement in college football this <gasps> past right. weekend. That's uh, right. You know, my, so my BC Eagles, who I think at the time were like two and six or whatever, something. So I don't even know the, how many games they played honestly because they've been horrendous. Uh, come out with a last uh, last second walk-off win with a backup quarterback over the number 16th ranked NC State, uh, 21-20. And you know what? That's where their season is probably going to hit their their peak this year. I don't see how we can get, get any better than that game for them. Unless unless this new quarterback, this backup quarterback who's in for the injured starter, I can't even tell you his name, um, unless he is somehow this this spark that, uh, that the offense needed. Who knows? Was Matt, was Matt Ryan the last uh, BSD to come out of B.C.? Yeah, yeah, he he led them. It was that was in two thousand seven. Uh, two thousand seven, he led them to uh, as high as number two in the country. Two things: a, he's a stunningly handsome man. Like I, he's not, he's not real. I, I don't <laughs> think he actually has to shave. I think he just wakes up and just like sweats off anything that he grows overnight. Uh, but B, how about Jeff Saturday? Just throwing it back in there. So look, I'm, oh, not surp- I'm not surprised that Jeff Saturday came out and got a first win with the Colts. Like, um, yeah, the adrenaline, there's, there's, the yeah, there's enough adrenaline in that storyline and his history there for that to carry through for one win. I, I get that. Um, we'll see what happens here on out. 
I'm not, and I'm not going to hate on Jeff Saturday. I'm not saying he can't be a good coach, but we've I've literally never seen him coach anything, so we don't know. No, it but I, I, as somebody who I'm, just, I'm a straight up leech in the sports world. I feed off of some of this stuff. Like I'm a golf fanatic, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm a sports fan, and some of yes. it has to do with the infighting. And just last night, seeing Steve Young and the guys before uh, Monday Night Football kick around the code and this like head coaching thing, and then to have Pretty Boy Floyd say, "Well, let's also remember this is the interim job, so it's not like you know everybody yep. knows." And that's what Jeff Saturday even said. He goes, "I might suck at this, and I'll be out of here." He's like, "I might be okay, and yeah. then maybe we have a conversation." I like that attitude. I uh, I think in 2022, for somebody to invoke the code. <laughs> in in, in the, the problem with and the only problem i have is the connotation of it i get what he's yeah. saying actually is there is the there's a proper channel there's a way this works and not like a way it works as in like you're paying into the mob but like if you're going to be a properly trained head coach you, you should probably go through certain channels and trials and tribulations but i also think there are exceptions to the rule mm-hmm. and when jeff saturday said something like i've led men in the locker room i played alongside hall of famers i've been intimately close to leadership, especially in this organization and Jim Ursay, who God Jim Ursay. <laughs> talk about a good, Hey, after, ever since he got pulled over with blow in the car, he's had, he ran out of it. He ran out of uh, F's to give at that point. And ever since then, yes. he's been on a little bit of a tear first. He's taken shots at Snyder, which Hey, we know the Redskins. Uh, did they announce a buyer for that yet? Is it gone? Uh, I don't, I haven't heard unless I missed it, but I don't think a buyer has been announced yet. I, that thing's got to be going for five or six billion, maybe even seven. That just makes my stomach churn. But and now all of a sudden, you know, he's he's kind of doing a little, you know, fungulo. If I even did that right, some Italian's gonna tweet at me and tell me like, dude, don't back that off, bro. Great, you did, um, you just you just lost us our entire Italy uh, idiot. That's Italy, a bit. Well, listen, that's Italy a bit, audience. That's a, <laughs> that's a big contingent on the north side of Boston. I know. No, I, I, I think it's going to be a fun story to follow. It's going to be a fun story to watch. And one more fun story to mention before we bring in Zach from uh, – good God, what the heck is that? Uh, I don't know. Zach what you did, but you, whatever it was, you just did it on, on live screen there. So <laughs> You were about to say national television. And I, I was going to say live I was gonna say live I, TV, not national TV, but live TV. And I was like, we're not really on TV here, but okay. I love, I love that aspiration. <laughs> uh, but I have, a, I have a little bit of a love affair with a gentleman named Akshay Batia, and he's a young yes. left-handed 20-year-old golfer on the Corn Ferry Tour. He Monday qualified for this week's RSM down in Hilton Head, which is kind of like a – Harbor Town Light, if you will. It was created yeah. back in 2010 as one of those filler events in the fall, and now it's still around. We'll see if it sticks around in this new super season in 24. But we love this kid. A, he's lefty. B, he's – I mean, if you think Will Zalatoris is thin, that, this kid <laughs> this kid looks up to – you know, that's what he has pinned up in his locker to, like, beef up to. He's this thin, lefty, wears glasses – and he got his girlfriend by sliding into her DMs before a tournament in Texas, and now she's on the bag for him. He won his first start. Um, he's just a fun guy to follow on social media as well. So shouts to the boy Akshay. Uh, I hope he does well this week. Yeah, congratulations to him. And then, I mean, I think from there we are going to kind of turn this back into our to our golf conversation. Because like we said, we're about to bring Zach in here to really dive into his article, Will the Saudis and Donald Trump Save Golf or Wreck It? Um, which was, like you said earlier, a great read. But I do want to, as we bring him in here, I do want to start us off um, with Rory. You know, ah. Rory, Rory just seemingly, once again, maybe just drawing it deeper, but drawing that line in the sand. And I think what's interesting here is that it wasn't like we were thinking before where he w- they were closing the door to working with Liv. He just made it abundantly clear what it was going to take to work with Liv. And he's calling for Greg Norman to step down. So I want to get your thoughts. And then as we bring Zach in here, I want to get his thoughts as well. So Zach Helfan, welcome to the Divots and Pivots show. Thank you for joining us, first of all. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, anytime. Uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure to meet you out at Live Boston uh, down in Bolton. Um, and I know Bud enjoyed the, the, um, the, re- the rekindling of that. <laughs> rekindling is a little bit of an understatement. <sighs> I was I – was, I thought I was being messed with because I was sitting there. Fan, I was fanboying out about seeing some somebody famous, duh. And uh, and then I hear I don't know if you said my full name or just did you say your name's Bud? And I I mean like stomach drop, head started spinning, and went through all the emotions. Zach, how are you, man? It was it was good to see you. I'm good. So uh, you were talking to Ari Fleischer. 
Yes. Yeah. Very yes, was. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I was like, because so when I was in college, I was in college during 9 11, right? And so yeah. what was every college kid, every poli sci major, anyways, is, is tuned into White House briefings. Back then, we had to actually dork out and tune into C SPAN. Um, you kids these days have it easy. But uh, so that's who I was like, I'm sitting there, I'm like eyeballing him and watching him kind of chuckle at the country club adjacent guys who are yeah. a whole thing we can dive into. I'd love to get your opinion about them because you, you've been front and center. But yes, that's exactly what it was. And then I asked, I got the, you know, the chutzpah to say, are you Ari Fleischer? Talked to him for a couple minutes. He was super generous with and sweet yes, and was. kind and gracious and all that kind of stuff. Uh, very Socratic in his, uh, <laughs> in his answers, which I appreciated. But then I, yeah, please, I want to pass the talking stick. What was that like? How did you, how did that come from your side? Okay. So my back is turned to, to you and, and Ari and I, Oh, I think we lost you there for uh, Zach. Just the audio. We still well, have the money. We still have the money maker. So that's we, fine. we still got the face. I like this though. There's a cliffhanger <laughs> going on. My back is turned, and it looks like it looks like maybe uh, a the pair of headphones uh, died. All right, how's this? How's this? Okay, we got well, you there. Okay, took out my headphones. So <laughs> cliffhanger. So, my back is turned. So I don't know who you're talking to. I just I just hear, hey, my name is Bud Copeland. And I don't know many, many Bud Copelands. I think I only know one. Uh, and uh, it's kind of the name that, st- that sticks with you. And I, I, re- I remember you, of course. You were my camp counselor. Uh, so I got, I got hit in the head with a baseball bat. You were the baseball coach. So, you know, you don't forget that. <laughs> and it wasn't Bud didn't do it. Bud didn't do it. it was I was about to say, we were, we, I think we were in sure. an camp competition or some, yeah. some game. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was yeah. You you were way calmer than I was. I'm squeamish to begin with. So Bud Copeland, yes, sir. I appreciate that. I'm glad that stuck with you. So so I turn around and I, I recognize you. Um, and so you're talking to Ari Fleischer. So I'm kind of just standing around and, and, and kind of in the peripheral vision of, of, of Ari Fleischer, I'm sure. So he probably thinks that I'm sticking around to talk to him. But I'm not. I'm sticking around to talk to Bud. So, so I was waiting a couple minutes and I was like, yeah. I, that's definitely Bud Copeland. And so I was wondering if you, you remember me. Or, so it was, it was funny. Hey, the, the name, the name I couldn't have forgotten in a million years. And then the minute you said baseball, I like my, my literally my stomach went through the exact same like drop moment. Cause I was like, this kid got hit in the back of the head. I was like talking about it to Andrew and I'm like, he's totally calm about it. And I'm like, no man, you're going to be okay. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, now was it like a full uh, swing? I was you playing catcher. I was playing catch. Okay. And it was one of those detached face masks. Not yeah, like the old school masks. ones. Yeah, so yeah. there was like a big opening on the back of your head. Yeah. And it was a backswing. I guess some guy just took a really big backswing and just conked me on the back of the head. Okay. And I didn't know what happened. I, I think there was like, maybe like popped it up and I was trying to take off my mask and look for the pop up or something. I, I just know there's just a lot of blood coming down. Um, do you do you do you still have a mark on the back of your head? I, ha- I still have a little bit of a scar, actually. Yeah. From so if you sh- if you shaved your head, or if heaven forbid, the hair fairy visits you the way it's visited me, hence the huge hence the huge billboard going on up here. Uh, you you might see a little bit of a nick mark back there. There's there's like a vertical a vertical scar going on. Did you get staples or stitches? Staples. God. Wow, this there is we go. I go yeah, they, I have heard staples, staples, and head wounds just just work much better. <laughs> it was easy. Well, I got the, the 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 one problem was the nurse was very nice. Uh, got lost. It took us like two hours to get to this hospital, oh, like rural Maine. Rural is oh. a nice way to put it. I ended up living there for about three years, uh, like on the property for a while. We will go down memory lane sometime in the future. Zach has agreed to come back and talk to me on a soon to launch podcast titled cleverly this buds for you, um, man of many, <laughs> man of many talents and few words. So we are going to dive deeper into that nice. because I'd love to go down memory lane and catch up a little bit about that. Find out what happened after you got hit in the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> and before, and before we, we ran into each other at uh, live Bolton. And so, Andrew, do you have any kind of opening questions? Because my first question really is, how did how did you end up choosing this as a topic in a story mm-hmm. to begin yeah. with? How did this come about? So I was just transfixed by Mickelson's comments. 
the the scary motherfuckers comments. Can I say? Is it, are we, yeah, okay, we're Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're all good. Yeah. Uh, I just did a shot before you got on. Yeah. <laughs> is, that a little, is that a glass of red wine with a little vino there? It is. Uh, I so I told I told myself it was. I poured it. It was a new bottle, and it tasted awful. So I said, "I'm not going to drink this." But then, as you start talking, and your mouth gets dry, like, I, I guess I'm going to drink yeah, this. <laughs> yeah. So so Mickelson makes these comments, and you just never see an athlete or really any famous person just kind of say what they're feeling like that. And he he thought you know there's the whole story. He claims he thought he was off the record with with. Um, Dallin Chipnick and all that, we just never see that, and it seemed like that kind of opened the floodgates a little bit. So when I, when I went out and talked with guys on the tour, uh, particularly guys on the tour, uh, they just kind of felt like I mean, probably because Mickelson just started off like they had just license to let it rip. Um, so I think the honesty is what drew me to it. I mean, there's a, there was a lot of elements of uh, you know it, it was it, it was this kind of in the grand scheme of the world, you know, we we like golf and we're like watching it and we want it to be good but in the grand scheme of the world it's it's you know kind of uh, small potatoes but it explained all these other things kind of like identity politics and there's geopolitics and there's like the the intra gulf war you know cold war between some of these gulf states um and so it was this little thing that was kind of fun and people were being really honest but it, it helped kind of touch on all these different bigger topics well and you nailed it there because i think what is interesting is about this is that and I don't want to jump too far into the article right away, but the biggest call that I had from this art, not call it, but the part about this article I found most interesting was kind of the ties of Live Golf to all these other projects within Saudi Arabia that we're now hearing about, the line, the Neom project, like all these other like massive things that Saudi Arabia is doing to, I don't know if it's to change the world or to just put themselves on the map as like this innovative tech country. You know that found it was fascinating because I think you described it as almost like a like an advert using live golf as an advertisement for all these other things. So, so the Saudis, for as long as they've been a country, essentially have been totally reliant on oil. That's yes, their their entire economy basically is based on oil, uh, and and uh, historically, there's not been much to do there. Uh, women are were were, were you know you got to cover up and they can't can't drive for a long time don't have many rights at all uh it's the middle of the desert there's nothing to do you can't drink uh there, there was no cinemas for a while um there were some of these golf courses that were like they were called sand courses uh you carry around a little square of after uh, i told him i was talking about little, these little the we just yeah. talked about that yeah, yeah. And, and they don't they, they uh i think some of these exist elsewhere like you can find mm-hmm. some u.s on like kind of beachy coastal areas but not in the same way that they're in saudi arabia the, the greens are, the way that works is you carry around your little astroturf and the greens are, are slicked with like an oil substance uh, so you can putt. Um, so, uh, Sounds fun. <laughs> there's not much to do. So so they now realize that the crown prince, who's Mohammed bin Salman, MB, MBS. So MBS yeah. Um, he views himself as this innovator <laughs> and this modernizer. And he realizes that the days of, of subsisting on oil profits um, are numbered. You know, the world is getting away from this. Everyone's going towards renewables. Mm-hmm. So he is very rapidly trying to remake the Saudi economy. Um, so one thing that they want to do is attract uh, Western business people to invest in the, in the country, but also to come set up headquarters in the country. Um, but how do they do that when there's not much to do? They want tourists to come in the country. But how do they get tourists when there's not much to do and you're in the middle of the desert? Uh, so they're doing, they're doing a lot of things. There's, there's Neom, this big mega city that they're building. Mm-hmm. It's an entertainment capital. There, there are... Other projects that they have that are uh, geared around sports or amusement parks, they're opening movie theaters. Probably, eventually, you're going to be able to drink legally. Already now, you kind of can. Uh, you know, a little bit, kind of don't ask, don't tell uh, in that kind of way. Uh, and um, one of the other things that they're doing is say, what are Western, wealthy Western people like? They like golf. So they're building a lot of golf courses. Greg Norman's building a golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, others and um, uh, one way to kind of as, as a big like billboard essentially for because most people don't associate Saudi Arabia with golf and live kind of functions as this big billboard uh, so a lot of people thought that this was was what they call sports washing that Mohammed bin Salman who murdered and dismembered a journalist and who's been waging a war in Yemen and has been doing a lot of things that a lot of people find um, unpalatable 
uh, a lot of people thought that this was a way to launch. They would fall in that category of things that we quote unquote don't condone. Yeah. Yes. I want to go ahead and get, okay. Yeah. Dismemberment, we're on the record, not not good. Yes, on the record. Um, pivots and pivots, not a fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so a lot of people thought that this was a way to launder his reputation. And what a lot of people that I talked to said that that just doesn't sound right. A lot of people that know MBS said that that's not really his aim. He's given up on that. He knows it's never really going to happen. So really what I think this is, it's like an advertisement for, for the country. And maybe some people would say it's kind of sports washing in a different sense. Um, but really it's, it's you know, whenever when, if they say Saudi Arabia, they have a horrible record on human rights and they have a golf league. That's kind of a win for them because Saudi Arabia and golf are being mentioned in the same sentence. And maybe it'll get some people to come to the country and start playing on these brand new golf courses at these brand new resorts that they're building. And as far as a money-making entity, the whole... I agree. What you just said, what you what you wrote in your article, absolutely makes sense in the in the fact that the I've been talking about this too. They want to sell these teams off. The whole idea is catch the to catch attention to this product. Almost, and they they don't even hide it. You said it in your article. They tell some of the guys in the communication teams told Andrew was like, "We're a startup. We get to do the whole shorts yeah. fu attitude. We want to run like a startup because they want to make it clear they have no intention of there being live twenty twenty five with this team and crew running it right." build it up, get, get, you know, get LeBron or somebody to be bored one day and go, what are the fireballs who they got? All right. Because that way also, if you do all of a sudden have 12 different entities owning these teams, MBS is no longer the central fiction, you know, figure and they get to do it that way and move on. The thing that, that, that struck me in is the way you kind of positioned it. And I wanted to see if you could kind of not dumb it down, but give me the cup, cup of coffee, coffee explanation for the geopolitical game that's being played here. And who's kind of given who the 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 one upsmanship, and in your assessment, you know where does it stand? I mean, is it is is MBS achieving his goal here? Uh, you know, is there longevity to it? Because everybody wants to know: is Liv going to actually got the bad pun? Here it comes. So, <laughs> like a frisbee in the desert, you knew it was coming. <laughs> but you know, the geopolitical game that you that, that you that you that you put out there, people forget about that. That it's not as simple as like you said, sports washing. I, when you get to these positions and some of these levels in society, ego is not even a thing anymore. Feelings aren't, I'm not gonna say feelings aren't real as in they don't have feelings, but they don't play the same registry that they do in your life and mine, so to speak, because they do. It's kind of like Peter Thiel and Tiger Woods have more in common than me and Tiger Woods, but I'm a better golfer than Peter Thiel. So <laughs> MBS is playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers in the, in the media, so to speak. Is he doing it well, or where where is he? Where where is he in his game? That's a good question. I mean, if if you look at it, he's kind of got two aims. The, as as far as we can tell, um, he's never spoken on this publicly, so we're kind of extrapolating, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah we're deducing what we can from. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. But I've talked to people that know him and people that kind of know their strategy. Um, so the two aims are what we just talked about: is is they want to establish Saudi Arabia as as like a, a tourist destination. And golf is one of the ways to do that. Uh, the second aim, which a lot of people don't give them credit for, but I actually think is a legitimate aim of theirs, is they want to make money. Um, they have this big sovereign wealth fund. They're pumping all their oil money into the sovereign wealth fund. Uh, and they're using it to invest in, in electric car companies to try to build like a coffee industry in Saudi Arabia, a uh, coffee producer <laughs> producing industry. Uh, what are they, they not to trying to do? Yeah, they bought Newcastle, the sports, the the the, the English Premier uh, League soccer yep. team, um, and uh, some people think that that's also a vanity project. But you know that could also be lucrative. Um, so a lot of people think that they're not in this to make money. This is just sports washing. I think they actually are hoping and expecting to make money. A lot of people are very skeptical of their ability to make money just because they're spending so much money. So I would say from the first standpoint, the, 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 the tourist destination, the, the advertising, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia and golf, I'd say they're achieving their aims. I mean, it's been very buzzy. It's been written about a ton. It's been talked about a ton. We're talking about it right now. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> I would say that they've achieved that. The money-making, for as much as we've all talked about it, not a lot of people are, are watching it. And they, they're hoping to sell off these franchises. Um, you know, someone's going to come and buy it and want to, you know, want to buy the fireballs. Um, it's, it's, people are going to pay money because it's cool to, you know, 
own a team of four it's cool dollars. to own things. I, I, yeah. I was on that. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool to say, like, I, I own a sports franchise. Yeah. Phil Mickelson yeah. plays for me. That's you know, <laughs> attractive for people. But at the end of the day, Rory, Rory McElroy put it like this. He said, at the end of the day, it's all about the economics of the league. And right mm-hmm. now that league has no economics. They have the no eyeballs. money. Yeah, they, they just they need yep. more people to watch, and they might get there. And they they've gotten a, a pretty, uh, a pretty impressive group of, of players in one year. Uh, but the market is saying we don't care about this, and they need that to change. I'd like to think that I'm I'm a an, a, an average sports fan, but an above average golf fan. And the thing that that you touched on is this aspect of. It's, it is an exhibition, all right? Pat Perez is the person I have a little bit of a bone to pick on this because he keeps going back to, you know, exhibitions don't pay $4.5 million. And I keep going back to, no, that's actually the definition of what an exhibition is. Everybody's yeah. going to go home with a little something. You know, the, the, the big guys are going to go home with a lot of something, but you're only going home with those checks. There's no prestige. There's no tradition. And you can't manufacture that, right? Like, you you know, it takes – the Masters wasn't the Masters at first. It was just what it was, mm-hmm. an exclusive private little tournament for the rich people to say, pro golfers, you want to come down here and entertain us for a weekend? And it turned into something because of the, the caliber of play over time. So it, I, I, I just don't <laughs> see where it can go until they start introducing some sort of, quote-unquote, accountability to use a, an overused term. But a little bit of accountability there, a little bit of if I fall flat on my face – you know, there, there's something at stake. I'm not saying that everybody has to play Hunger Games with their career before our eyes to be entertaining. <laughs> uh, but you touched on it too. The The format's a little confusing. They're, they don't have TV eyes. It doesn't sound like anybody in proper in proper America wants to wants to touch them. And they're not they're not going to spit at them. And they're, they're just going to kind of politely look the other way. So. I don't, there really was no question in that other than fascinated by how spot on you were with just kind of like the gut of what everybody's been feeling and talking about, but you took it to it. You took it to a depth of this is almost, you know, beyond data. So what was for you, what was the most interesting conversation you had? Cause if, by the way, if you haven't read this piece, if you've never, a, if you've never mm-hmm. read a New Yorker piece, I encourage you. It's just fascinating style to read B this is a golf piece. So I'm highly recommending it. But the part where you're talking about sitting with what's his face on the 18th terrace overlooking, I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna attempt names. Uh, but you know what I'm talking about. Imagine, imagine Al Sora. Yeah. Thank, thank you. And what is his role with Liv? What is his role with Liv? So he, he, he's there. There's two Saudi executives that basically oversee Liv. Um, one, one is is Yasser Al Rumayan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is in MBS's inner circle. He uh, he runs the Sovereign Wealth Fund, so the six hundred okay. billion dollar fund. Very you know, very powerful guy. He also is the chairman of, of Saudi Aramco, uh, which I think is still the biggest com- country com- company in the world. It's, it's the, the Saudi oil company. Yeah, uh, they're heavy in the female golf game. Yeah, yeah, and and, and mm-hmm. the women golfers speak very highly of their experiences in Saudi Arabia. For yeah. the record. Um, so it's, it's a little complicated. But um, he, he, they invested in Live. They put, they're, they're the ones funding Live. So Bucks, you know, ultimately stops with with Rumayan. Um, his high school friend uh, is a guy named Majid Al Sora, who runs all the Saudi golf federations. Um, he's basically the head of golf in Saudi Arabia. Um, so he is doing more of the day to day stuff with Live. Um, he, he's kind of, if you want to think about it this way, he's kind of Craig Norman's boss. Okay. Uh, and then Yurumayan is is his boss. So is Greg Norman going to be around next week? This is this is also what the conversation. I mean, after, I loved going back and reading your piece because that's the beauty of these kind of things. Time change. Mm-hmm. We have updates. I I mean, is Greg Norman going to be around, or has he done his part? So I don't know. I don't have any reporting on this one way or the other. Uh, so, <laughs> that way. so this is all in the realm of speculation. This is a random right. tangent thought for yeah. me. I, just, I saw that I saw that teaser rumor out yeah. there about the, yeah. the the Taco Bell CEO who used to be yeah. the TaylorMade yeah. CEO, and I'm like, all right, is this just it's a slow news week and somebody's trying to get something stirred up? So no, yeah, no, Zach, this has nothing to do with the piece. I apologize. Well, this is this is this is this has always been my my speculation personally is that it seems like. They needed someone to get this off the ground, right? And, and Greg Norman has, 
has always been interested in doing this. He's always had a bone to pick with PGA Tour. And to get this off the ground, you need someone who's going to be uh, aggressive, verging on being kind of an ass. Uh, and and I think Greg Norman fits the bill really well. He's done what they wanted him to do. I think maybe he could go overboard sometimes. And, and I think a lot of people would say that the tour is really happy that Greg Norman is there uh, because <laughs> someone else may have done it better and, and uh, not ruffled as many feathers. But he's been kind of like there, you know, he's taken all the bullets for him. Um, yeah. So my supposition has always been he gets it off the ground and then they turn it into someone who could actually run a business in, in a more mature, uh, you know, corporate way. And the name that you always hear is the Taco Bell CEO, just because he's always been kind of close to this. Um, he's been in the golf world. Um, so it wasn't a surprise to me when that report came out. I don't know if it's actually going to happen or not. Uh, but if I were running it, I mean, that's maybe how I'd think about it. If you, if you, nobody, it, nobody asked. <laughs> did you, well, did you talk to Greg Norman uh, during your travels? No, no, I, I, I asked and they didn't make him available. Um, so it was like guy. a smart move. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I hate to circle all the way back, but this so you know those comments came out a long time ago, and then you pit you know you get the story going. What was the first? Because I I incorrectly I, I I shortchanged you. I was like, ah, oh, Zach followed around the live tour for a while. He's gonna, I forget that you know you were at East Lake. You were you were mm-hmm. you know you were at some of these 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 meetings. What was the first? What was the first uh, stop for you, either on live or PGA tour for this? Uh, it was the uh, Bedminster event, the the Live oh, New Jersey wow. Bedminster event. Uh, so oh, yeah. at, at Trump's Trump's golf course, um, it's right in our backyard. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in Brooklyn. It's fair. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, so it's it's nearby. Um, never been there. It's it's uh, it, it's it's a nice area, <laughs> and it's it's a nice course. There's some tacky elements. You know, you got like a big man-made uh, waterfall, but. <laughs> I builded, uh, you know, like kind of Trump's apartment everywhere, which is not really golf mm-hmm. aesthetic. And it, it was actually, uh, it was actually fairly nice. Um, so that was the first stop. And that was a very different experience than, than live Bolton, um, mm-hmm. which was more of a traditional golf tournament. And people were there, they were there to see the golf. They turned out well. Uh, the Trump national event was not very well attended early in the week. And then later in the week, it was just like a Trump rally. It was people weren't yeah. even really paying attention to the golf. Um, so it was, I, I'm glad I saw both because you kind of get the two poles. Sure. Two, two out of the eight tournaments this year were at Trump uh, courses, and there's going to be more next year. Um, so, uh, you know, one, you, you kind of see both angles where you, you kind of see it in its mature form, Bolton, and you kind of see it like in, in its weirdest, uh, <laughs> most political, most polarizing form in, in Bedminster. Now, did you get it, down to Miami for that final event? Or was, because that was after the the article was coming. That out? That was after. So I yeah. So I, I'm, I'm done because I, I was curious if if that environment was was the same. If it was I, like I heard but. similar, but maybe a little bit more golf focused. I think it was a little better attended too. But I, just from what I heard, sure. I still don't know if I'd go back to one unless I. I mean, it, just because it doesn't do much for my, I grew up down in Florida. I, I went to the players championship a lot growing up. Are you, and I can't believe I, I buried this all the way. What is your personal go- connection to golf? Do you play? I play occasionally. I mean, I'm in Brooklyn, so it's not like, you know, golf course. Haven. Uh, there, there's some golf courses up in the Bronx, but it's, it's a hike to get to. Uh, so I used to have my golf clubs under my bed and, uh, and I, I since just put it in my parents' garage because uh, I don't use it. <laughs> It's taking up space. So I, I play a couple times a year. I, I played growing up and go to golf, you know, golf camp every year. There's one week you go to the local mm. course and uh, best way to get started. And, and you hit on the driving range. Uh, so I, I'm a very casual, my, my handicap is, is uh, I, I, I would not say that in, in, in public on a podcast. Why I do my handicap's 13. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay. well, Andrew. Yeah. And, so okay, and, and but and but is witnessed it. It might be worse than thirteen. <laughs> no, you you have promise, kid. You got to just keep your chin up and your head your head your uh, head on a swivel. That's actually I got to keep my head on a swivel. Fight the collar. So after after Bedminster, you go. So then is after that is when you go to the tour championship. Yeah, I went from Bedminster like, then to the tour championship, and then, and then would you mind just ta- how how was that experience? Talk me through the tour championship because that's the part that, that me and my mental piece that i keep jumping over and it's i mean you really have to to have the whole story beautifully done uh you need to kind of show that side of it so what was it like after going from bedminster slash trump rally to 
I mean, prim and proper is, I mean, th- this is as clean as a, of a corporate event as you get East Lake country club in the tour championship. It's, it was, it was like going from kind of amateur to like very, very well established pros. And, and, you know, this is their first year. They kind of pulled this together. So, you know, it'll give them a little bit of, of you know, leeway there, but the PGA tour is, is like, you know, corporate America is their thing. Like that's where they all get together. There's all these corporate hospitality chalets as they call it. I love uh, the chalet. Yeah. The chalet, you know, when you get off the green, you want to go to the chalet. Uh, so I talked to one guy who's like, well, he's like a CEO. He's just kind of swiveling like much like Andrew's doing now, uh, swirling a glass of red wine. as yeah. we're talking. Um, it, It's <laughs> but very, very well run. Like they, they have it down. Um, you know, all the, the Georgia state state troopers are there and they've been there for mm-hmm. years and they know everyone, <clears throat> you know, they know where to be. They run it very well. Um, and very friendly. Those, those Georgia state troopers actually. Um, can't be that. Yeah. So, so, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it was, it was a very, very different experience. And I think Liv also wants to be kind of the anarchic, uh, oh. as they say, anarchic and fun. Of course. Uh, as they put in their marketing materials, um, so I think they 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 like the contrast between that and the corporate uh, PGA Tour. But the PGA Tour is just like you know it's 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 well run. It's yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it, they have to live above the fray. Jay Monahan has to do yep. some of the things that he's done with some of his non responses, some of his deference to Tiger. Kind of people think that Tiger coming and rallying the troops, quote unquote, or you know how quote, that's the fourth or fifth quote unquote. I got a Monday morning quarterback that. <laughs> I don't use that many. I don't use that many actual quotations when I write. But Tiger swooping in and doing that, some people say that's him elbowing Jay, and I say like that's actually kind of everybody doing their part. You know, Jay needs to live above the fray if the PGA Tour is going to be this behemoth, because the PGA Tour has come a long way. Now, you mentioned something in your article that I pointed out early on too, which is there's some. I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to equate MBS and Jack Nicholas, but there are some of these weird mm-hmm. parallels between the start of live in the start of the PGA tour back in the day. Right. Can you, can you kind of, and no, for the record, I'm not putting MBS and Jack Nicholas anywhere. That's, <laughs> I mean, apples and acid. Right. Um, but, but, but could you, could you real quick, just kind of talk us through what you learned in your researcher and your kind of, you know, digging around for that about the start of the PGA tour and how that does, does or doesn't parallel what we've seen coming up with live and their gripes, those players who left and for their reasons. So a, a lot of the live, def- sorry, the PGA Tour defenders, uh, particularly the corporate types who like associating with the tour for a certain image, um, you know, as as some of them put it to me, like you know, this is this is sportsmanship and integrity and honor and charity and all that. Um, that is, you know, that is their image, uh, and um, I, I, that that kind of you know, as 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 I see in your faces a little bit. It kind of made me say, you know, it, it's it's a little it's a little cringy, and it's not not exactly you know a a perfect picture of of the tour, which for a long time uh, and golf in general for a long time uh, excluded black people, it excluded Jews, it excluded women, uh, it excluded whole classes of people, um, and uh, still to this day uh, struggles as as a lot of you said do, do do they still struggle with with a lot of the same issues um although they, you know they come a long way uh so like the the example that uh i picked out was was a lot of people a lot of the tour defenders especially the players say well this is the this is the league of arnie and jack and those fine upstanding gentlemen uh you know we don't want to sully their 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 you know, integrity and their reputation uh, and that also kind of made me think, like, well, Jack Nicholas is is, is not perfect. I mean, he's yep. you can say that out loud. You you are no. in a safe space. It's not the, there's no there's no like golf definitely sword that we're just going to say snippet. He's done. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm um, not allowed on the golf course anymore. We and say he, a lot of things on this show. Yeah. <laughs> the example that I cited in in the piece was that um, years ago. He said that he was asked why uh, why black people why there are more black people on the tour 
And he said, well, there are biological differences between white people and black people that make black people better at basketball and are not as good at golf, which is the same thing to say. And, you know, it's kind of the long history of like the casual kind of racism that's long been associated with golf. But because yeah. of all the corporate sponsorships and because of, I don't know, the fact that you have to keep your own score. And I think also the fact that, that these are all white guys who look like business people who play it. Uh, it's it somehow become associated, at least in, in marketing speak, with like integrity and honor. And I just think that's a little, you know, a little bit. Yeah, I, I, by the way, and that's reason, reason 786 to go, go read this piece because <laughs> I, I think, I think you do eloquently put that kind of dichotomy out there without, without sullying anything about anybody. It's much more of a pump the brakes yeah. and, you know, take 30, 30, take three steps back, so to speak, and take a look at this. Well, it's a very, um, un, it's a very unbiased article. He, he points out everything from both sides is what I think is what you're trying to say. Both, both sides have issues here. Look, before you get to your next point, but just because we're talking about PGA defenders here, I did want want to ask, in your time at all these tournaments, because you've obviously been to more than Bud and I, are the, the people as, I shouldn't say the people, are the fans as um, kind of taking the personal defense about the PGA versus the live as – as strongly as they are like on social media, because all the keyboard warriors have been out there taking everything so personal when it comes to defending the PGA or defending the, uh, defending the live tour. Are are they acting like that in person? Are there people that vocal in person or are they just out there enjoying themselves and not really caring about it? I would say for the most part on, on, in both tours, most of the people just are out there enjoying themselves. Um, I would say the PGA (laughs) tour in particular, uh, people are out there. I just want to see golf. Liv, I was surprised. I thought people were going to want to just check it out and see what it was about. And I think a lot of people were out there checking it out and just seeing for themselves what it was. But there were some people who were like Liv proponents, Liv defenders, yeah. which I was, I was surprised by uh, because it just started. Uh, and I don't know when people had the time to develop this sort of uh, allegiance to it. But, it was <laughs> awful, but I, was, I was surprised by that. For the most part, though, I think it was, it was the fans don't care that much about it i think most casual golf fans will look past any of the moral qualms on either side yeah um, they just want to see some golf um they're also so i would say like the pga tour crowd was a little bit more staid and 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 proper in, in like the you know quote-unquote sense of the word uh uh the in, in bedminster i ran into a guy who had like porn on his phone uh, and, and, i saw that, yeah. that in your... um it's not you know, not something you encounter any every day in a in any sort of sporting event. Anywhere, yeah, <laughs> anywhere I'm public. Wait a minute, were you just like? I mean, how did this how did this come about? Was this guy like, hey, check this out, or were you just? I mean, was he just standing there, you know, phone in front of him, oblivious to the fact that he's in public, just watching porn? So, so <laughs> I. Th- th- this was earlier in the week when there's not big crowds. Can't so believe the show's gotten standing- here. Kind of by himself, um, by the tenth green, and I'm looking to talk to people. You know, I'm there reporting it, and he's looking at his phone. He's looking at his phone. There's no one on the green right now, so he's looking at his phone. So I come up to him and say hi. Uh, you know, puts his phone, put, puts his phone shut, and we're talking for a little bit. And he wants to show me. He wants, he wants to show me a picture he took that he's got on his phone. So he unlocks his phone, and I could see what he was looking at as I as I, as I walked up. And it, it was it was porn. Like it was hardcore. It was hardcore porn. Uh, so (laughs) i I didn't say anything he doesn't say anything he just kind of flips away from it he he hopes i didn't see it he kind of knows probably knows i saw it i don't want to say anything and we move on and i try to kind of just get away from the conversation quickly Uh, dear god if if you're if you if this if you're listening to this and that was your phone you please please reach out to the show no shame no judgment here no we gotta get to the bottom of this story yeah we just want to know your feelings behind that encounter (laughs) That's wild, though. I've never heard of that just in public at an event. Yeah, yeah. No, so it's, and to that to that end, not the porn end. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, lump these guys in. The country club adjacent guys. Do you know who I'm talking about? The yeah, that crew. Yeah. Did you run into them much? Did you observe them much when you were out and about? Or was because we saw them obviously at Bolton, and I didn't think much of it because at that point, and I'm pretty heavy into the social media game and golf. Or no, I just follow everything under the sun. I hadn't run across much of them yet. And now they're all over the place. And, you know, the mm-hmm. PGA tours even kind of hinted at trying to maybe do their own version of, you know, the back off challenge or whatever on their social media. Is it, it, does this grow the game in that sense? 
does it bring in a new crowd in that way? Or is that, <laughs> is that like, I mean, is that thin? Is that real thin? Uh, I mean, personally, I think it's thin. I, I thought it was like a little, a little cringy. Uh, it wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, you know, it's whenever you're trying that hard to be, that's fun. not my personal stance. I'm hypoth- I'm hypothesizing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think whenever you, whenever your stated goal is like, we're telling a joke here, we gotta be funny. It makes a lot of, you, you better bring it. Uh, cause the bar, it gets higher. So it wasn't my cup of tea. I, I, I do think there's a following for it. And I do think mm-hmm. that younger people, uh, in particular, people on social media, this is the clips that they see. You know, you're, you're probably going to watch this, uh, the funny press conference clip over like the, the long 50 foot putt. Um, so I understand from like a highlight perspective and from a views perspective, I think it could, there could be some, some legs there. Yeah. Unless you're me who focuses on commenting on, uh, Cam Smith's hair while, uh, what's her name? Gretzky is right next to me. Paulina bumps into him and and (laughs) he's trying, he's trying to, he's trying to chirp Cam Smith about his mullet. Did you get, did you get, did you get much interaction with any of the players? Were they, were they, were they cool with you? Were they open? The tour players? Yes. Um, the, the tour players basically to a man, if if I went up to him on the driving range in in Eastlake during the tour championship and introduced myself and said, would you want to talk? Um, people talked and, and we're, we're pretty open and we're pretty smart <clears throat> for the most part. Um, live was, was harder. Uh, live as I learned halfway through reporting it, uh, from, from Andrew Beaton at the wall street journal reported this, that, that, uh, in a lot of their contracts, they have to get live approval, uh, to talk yeah. to the media. Um, usually the way golf reporting works is, you know, they're, they're, they're their own people. They're, you know, they're individual contractors. Uh, and you, if they want to talk to you, they can talk to you. If they want to tell you to take a hike, they'll tell you to take a hike. Uh, but you can ask them. Um, Liv was much more controlled. Um, Bedman, sorry, I, I didn't get a credential. Uh, they gave me a free tickets. Uh, they didn't want to credential me for whatever reason, but they gave me free tickets for saving. <laughs> tickets were going for a dollar, so they saved me three dollars. Uh, they credentialed me in Bolton, um, and I was tried to talk to some people on the range, and they were a little bit more guarded and i think a lot of them might not have talked anyway because they've, they've gotten hammered by the press I, I didn't feel particularly like finger waggy toward these guys i understand mm-hmm. that there's a lot of money being offered to them um and i didn't feel kind of as, as you know I didn't, I didn't feel like as morally uh you know finger waggy uh as as i think a lot of people do um but i, I understand from their perspective that they've kind of gotten hammered by the press and they wouldn't want to talk uh but it's just much harder like live puts up more barriers uh, to talking um, so I didn't end up talking with a lot of the live guys. Um, they arranged a couple of interviews and, and I reached out to agents and talked with a lot of them and, and got perspective through that. Um, but uh, didn't have the same length and depth of interactions with the live players, especially because when I did talk to the live players, they were, you know, PR representatives kind of hovering over and a lot of people might not want to say everything that they might say otherwise. Well, which is interesting because, like we said earlier, like Bud said earlier, they're carrying themselves as this free flowing, like we're going to say whatever we want kind of tour, and yet they're more guarded and protective. It, it is kind of interesting. Um, Rook here from Scoreboard Addicts does have a good question just to bring us full circle back to the first question. Uh, do you think Rory should just <laughs> shut the fuck up about live golf and focus on the PGA? <laughs> <laughs> did, did, I mean, you, you chatted with him. He's very smart. He's, He's very yeah. educated on this. Like he knows his stuff. And I think he realizes that he is the voice. You know, Tiger has taken the leadership role, but he's not going to speak out on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rory's playing every day. You know, Tiger is playing occasionally uh, because of the injuries and the age. Um, so I think Rory realizes that he's kind of the leader of this. Um, and a lot of the players have been frustrated by the speed with which the tour and Jay Monahan have, reacted to things or, or, or taking the initiative on things. So I think he, he thinks probably rightly that, um, that he should take a leadership role. And I think he's pretty good at it and people really respect him. People like, he's very likable. Um, what you saw it was today or earlier today with, with Rory saying yeah. Norman should, should get out. I think morning, everyone yeah. on the tour, most people on the tour agree with that. Greg Norman is a very polarizing figure, let's put it. Uh, a lot of people don't like him. Uh, no, it's Aspen. <laughs> yeah, Tiger, him and Tiger have long been at odds. Um, 
for like weird, petty, personal reasons. Um, Aurora, and I didn't get the sense that Rory is a big fan of Greg Norman's. Uh, I think maybe he could stay away from Norman because I think, I think there everyone understands that it's, you're just acting out of, he might be right, but he's just acting out of kind of personal animus. Uh, so I think that might not help the cause. I don't know that it hurts it. Um, no, I mean, it, 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 it's punching, it's punching down in a sense at this point. I mean, yeah. and especially no. after he, he already chirped when he, when he passed, uh, passed Norman on the PGA tour list great. or whatever it was. I mean, and, and that's where it's like scoreboard, right? Just don't, yeah. you know, don't, don't go anymore. You can even say what you need to say without saying his name directly. You can say, you know, I think we, yeah. I think there's room for us to get together and talk. We just need an adult in the room to do it. I mean, everybody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> wink, yeah. wink, not, not <laughs> Zach, listen, um, I honestly, if we didn't work time constraints, I could pick your brain about this for five, six, seven more hours. And I am going to actually hit you up for that favor at some point, but is there anything that you came into this wanting to share? If not, I had some, some kind of a parting question or two. And I know Andrew might have. No, no, go ahead. Andrew, anything, you know me, man, if I grab that talking stick, is there anything that you came you know in here dying to know? You know, man, you are on fire tonight. Go for it not on fire i'm just i'm I'm just i'm just very much awakened because i'm standing next to greatness you're woke easy kiddo easy i'm 40 i'm too old to be woke um i'm 40 and i got a kid no you at the very beginning of your article the way you opened it which beautiful i mean the way you structure all your things kind of cold opening style is spot on i'm an aaron sorkin fanatic i'm a freak of his uh, you know everything he touches and what does he do with everything it's a cold open you know boom right there but the way you drop just the driving range when and we just kind of talked about a little bit the differences between the two but what was what was the thing that struck you most about just that setting and where have you seen that elsewhere in your experience reporting is there a parallel or is there a proper analogy in other sports that is like the driving range in a professional golf tournament? Not, not totally. Um, because everyone in the sport is usually there at the same time, uh, at least at the majors, you know, all the big players, uh, but even at the, the you know, non-majors uh, and even at smaller events, a huge portion of the sport is there. Uh, you know, locker rooms, baseball clubhouse comes to mind in particular. It's a, you know, it's, it's like a high school cafeteria basically. You know, there are clicks, there's rumors, there's, there's, you know, the cool kids, there's, the, you know, different groups team up together. Uh, but it's, everyone's not there. And that's really just players. The, the thing about the driving range, you've got the players, you've got agents, you've got the club manufacturers, you've got the caddies, uh, you've got the reporters, everyone's there. So it, it is kind of this backroom scene place. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it is, I think, I haven't covered like, you know, F1. Maybe there's a similarity there, but it, it is unique, at least from what I have encountered. In locker rooms, you were there with your teammates on the driving range. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're chumming it up with the competition. Yeah. So, I mean, therein, unique, lies, unique. therein lies the rub. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, and- uh, Matt Soma put it to me. It's like, it's, the, it's their office. It's their workplace. And, yeah. and it's, it's like, you know, you go to work and you gossip around the water cooler or wherever you gossip on Slack, whatever it is. Because it's your workplace. This is what you do, and it's important to you. And 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 so it's it's the same for them. You know, they're 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 but human. Uh, so they're gonna they're gonna chatter and chirp and and gossip as much as, as anyone else is. Maybe more because there's more money at stake. Was there anybody funnier than Max Homa that you ran into? <laughs> he he was he was probably the. Funniest. He's a trip. He's yeah, a he's trip. awesome. Yeah, to use an '80s term. Yeah. Good oh, God, big fan of Max Homa. '80s. What, Listen, uh, I. Yeah, Andrew, go go. I was, gonna, I was just gonna say now. So what? What's next, Zach? Are you continuing down the golf road, or are you? Or is it another sport topic? Or are you gonna completely switch gears into something else? We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'm still kind of trawling around. Um, it, it'll probably be another sports topic. Probably won't be golf. I need to break from golf for a little while. I'll, I'll play. <laughs> I don't need to write about it for a little while. <laughs> I was about to say, and it wasn't just golf. And again, go read the piece in the New Yorker, um, the digital, the, just Google New Yorker, Zach yeah. Elfan, live and Trump, and it's going to pop up there for you or go to our Twitter and you'll find it there. It's not just golf. It it's is so golf, but louder to be cliche about it. But when you <laughs> layer in there, like you said, a Trump rally on top of a golf, you know, golf mm-hmm. competition and, and then there's the geopolitical aspect of everything. And like you said, maybe this game of let people think what they think, because I'm playing up here. 
it's a fascinating topic um and topic i use i use that word kind of gingerly because like you said there's some moral layers to this there's some ethical layers to this there's all sorts of reckonings to be had uh for this thing to turn out so we can't thank you enough for a putting on the piece b saying hello and admitting publicly yeah. that you knew me i was <laughs> i was very honored and uh, happy, happy and, to see that. And for one, you actually proved that uh, all this talk about being a camp counselor weren't wasn't just lies from Bud. You, you were the proof. <laughs> I can I can attest. It's yeah. So I, we sincerely appreciate everything, man. Uh, if y'all don't yes. check him out, he's you are on the Twitter at Zach Zach Hellfan. At Z Hellfan. I don't really tweet. I, I mostly lurk, uh, but I'll take the followers when I can get them. Perfect. Well, I've been, share, uh, I've been sharing your handle out there uh, the past couple of days. So definitely yeah. you can find it on any Divots and Pivots uh, account, any Mr. Mallard's account. Uh, you can go find uh, at Z Hellfand on all of them. All right, Andrew, you want to take it home? This, yeah. I, if, you, if you don't stop me, I'll go to the next page and the next page. Um, yeah, and no, I'm actually, I need to say this because I do want to catch up with, with Zach uh, in the near future again and dive more into life post getting hit in the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> well, once again, thank you, Zach, for joining us. I hope all you listening enjoyed the insight. Uh, I think Zach has a very unique uh, perspective into everything that's going on here in the golf world, everything that we've been uh, back and forth chatting about. So once again, go check out that article on The New Yorker. Um, and uh, we'll catch you next Tuesday. Same place, same time, 8 o'clock every week. We will see you guys and have a great night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 